But most things, big things in tech start off as toys and seem silly at the beginning. No one thought Facebook or Airbnb or, to be frank, the internet itself would turn into what it did. So uh, uh, if you're going to avail yourself of a they laughed at Galileo argument, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Bad Voltage. We hope you're all safe and well, wherever you may be. I'm here with uh, Stuart Ian Langridge and Jeremy NFT Garcia. You forgot to think up a name again. You always forget. I know. I, well, uh, yeah, I have, I have nothing. Um, so, um, first of all, before we go on, we want to say a big thank you to our friend and compadre, Marius Quabek uh, from Nerdzoo Media, who continues to edit this show um, and make it sound as beautiful as it does. Um, but it's not just great audio engineering that you get with Bad Voltage, but it's thoughtful, insightful, informed analysis of what's going on in the technology world uh, in this episode, which comes after our la- last episode, which was called Weaponized Rooster. So, <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to talk about NFTs, which are non-fungible tokens, right? Yes. And from what we can tell, they're either bollocks or not bollocks. And we're going to get into uh, what they are, why they're interesting, and whether they're, in fact, bollocks or not bollocks. Outstanding description. They are either bollocks (laughs) or not bollocks. You decide. (laughs) I I, I Um, feel like Augustine de Morgan is crying his eyes out somewhere, going, literally (laughs) everything is either bollocks or not bollocks. (laughs) (laughs) That's got to be a quote that's shared on Instagram. Um and uh, and uh, and Jeremy will have a, a special surprise as well that he didn't Ooh. tell us about as we get into this too. So um, yeah, yeah. And now a completely non-fungible episode of Bad Voltage. It's probably bollocks, though. <laughs> So what I'd like to talk about now is NFT, the craze that, as Ak noted just a second ago, got even a little more bonkers this week. But let's back that train up for one second for those of you who aren't familiar with NFTs, which I imagine is not a lot of you at this point. But I'll start with the uh, Wikipedia definition and then give a little bit of commentary and and we can kick the discussion which i imagine could be potentially interesting Uh, we'll kick it off from there (laughs) so uh, uh, nft or non-fungible token is a digital file whose unique identity and ownership are verified on a blockchain Uh, typically ethereum but it could be other ones as well nft are not mutually interchangeable hence the non-fungible nfts are commonly created by uploading files such as digital artwork to an auction market Uh, this creates copies of the file which are recorded as nfts on the digital ledger the tokens then can be bought with cryptocurrency and sold or resold so loosely speaking really an nft is a way to record ownership of some digital asset or object on a blockchain could be a work of art uh, could be something else, a way to sell that, and you could buy the token and therefore own the thing. So you can think really of each NFT as a trading card or collectible or work of art with an individual value that is also affected uh, by the kind of general market for NFTs as a concept in the Ethereum network specifically in most cases, and in cryptocurrency in general. So from a technical perspective, that's 
what they are. Is that a, a fair assessment? It sounds like it. Can you give us um? Because you're the resident expert on. I was going to say this, but frankly, everything that scares on me. bad voltage. Um, on this topic, uh, I wouldn't Rocky. be scared. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, that's a very, very low bar indeed. Um, hi. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Yes, I, I, I stand by my statement. Um, can you give us a couple of examples, Jeremy, um, that spring to mind? I can give you a couple of examples. So these have ranged the gamut, really. A bunch of independent artists. The one you're probably going to be most familiar with in the last week is Beeple, who sold his artwork at Christie's for $69 million for an NFT, which is A, a record, and B, Absolutely mind-blowing. Nyan Cat sold for, I think, $600,000-ish. But a whole bunch of people are getting in on this game. It's not just artists, to be very clear about this. Kings of Leon is going to be the first band to release an album as an NFT. Top Shots is an NBA initiative where they're selling little video clips as NFTs. LeBron James just went for uh, some seven-figure amount that um, is also pretty bonkers. So from sports to art to music pretty much running the gamut for, for these things. And I have a little mm. bit of a surprise because I spent far too much time, if I'm being honest, last night creating an NFT. So ah! you can now get the Bad Voltage logo as an NFT. And I'll include the link for you, Stuart, in the show notes. So Sweet. bid away and in a hilarious uh, PS to resistance. I did this fairly late last night, a little bit after midnight, after <laughs> what was a very long day. It took longer than I thought. I kind of wasn't fully paying attention, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, and in the description, I spelled bad voltage wrong, which seems almost impossible. But there you go. You can have a little piece of history and memorialize uh, my Muppetry all at one time by purchasing the one single copy of the bad voltage logo as an NFT on the blockchain. Wow. Yeah, I thought I'd surprise you with that. That wasn't even part of the planning for this. That is genuinely surprising. You are usually the one who primarily does the preparation, and uh, you went overboard on the preparation for this one, Jeremy. I, I'm guessing you you did not, in fact, have a busy day yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's that, hence the typo. I actually had a very busy day. <laughs> <laughs> what what I'm trying to work out is how you managed to be this busy and also that drunk by midnight that you thought this was a good idea. Uh, sadly, <laughs> bone cold sober. It would be, oh, it would no. be funnier if, if that wasn't true. So that would actually be a useful thing. Yeah, as Jono was, I suspect, about to ask, um, how do you, how, what did you have to do to create the NFT. Yeah, when you want to create some nah fucking treasure, um, how do you create? How do you create it? <laughs> so it is a, a multi-step process that I imagine will get a little bit easier in the future. Before now, you pick whatever marketplace that you would like. I chose Rarible. There's Foundation. There's there's a whole bunch of them. From there, you connect your wallet. A lot of them seem to want you to use MetaMask, which seems quite popular in the Ethereum world. The odds of me installing a browser plugin that can manipulate the DOM on every website to inject arbitrary JavaScript for Ethereum is is a hard no. That's uh, because I originally did choose Foundation, and the only wallet they support is, is MetaMask. So I ended up going with Rarible, which just supports Bitcoin, which uh, I'm sorry, Coinbase, which I already had a Coinbase account. So you connect your wallet first. So you never actually create a login. Your login is your wallet. From there, you uh, verify your wallet by transferring a small amount of Ethereum to Rarible. From there, you 
select what you would like to create your NFT around. You can upload videos, you can upload images. I, I obviously chose the bad voltage logo for this test. From there, you mint it, which is, uh, you have to spend a little bit of Ethereum to mint it. It took about six hours for it to be minted in this particular case. And boom. But what does minting uh, it mean? Uh, it's just verifying the transaction on the Ethereum chain. Okay. And from there, it's added to your uh, Coinbase wallet as a collectible because most of these wallets now support not only Bitcoin and, and Ethereum as a coin, but also a separate part of the wallet is for collectibles. So now in my Coinbase wallet, there is a bad voltage collectible. It is up for auction. You can place a bid. It was surprisingly expensive to do. The, the price of this, a lot of what you're paying for is what's called gas in the Ethereum world, which is how much you're willing to pay to actually get it minted, uh, which was more than I anticipated going into this, if I'm being honest. Um, are you prepared to disclose how much that was? Should, should, I, should I be holding on to something? Between the initial verification and the minting, it was $62. Get out of town. <laughs> my, my dedication to this show cannot be questioned. <laughs> I'm genuinely impressed with that. Um, especially said, especially considering I am looking at the marketplace uh, offering that we have here, and this I think will lead into the technical implementation of it and how we feel about it. Because the bad voltage logo, which is the thing you're selling, I'm looking at it on the screen as part of our um, uh, market offering or whatever you'd call it, right? The 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 page about the thing that we're selling, yep. and there is the logo. Yes. Right there, <laughs> just on my screen. And that's the thing I'm buying. But actually, and I suspect this is where the discussion will go, that's not why I'm buying. So what is it that you would say that people are buying if they buy this? So I'm a little bit conflicted here because it's quite clear to me that NFTs are a little bonkers right now, right? But most things, big things in tech start off as toys and seem silly at the beginning. No one thought Facebook or Airbnb or, to be frank, the internet itself would turn uh, into what it did. So uh, uh, if you're going to avail yourself of a they laughed at Galileo argument, I'm leaving. <laughs> so, I mean, I think, and I've been trying to, I, I knew both of you were going to relentlessly, relentlessly take the piss out of this concept. And my... <laughs> You are, in fact, correct. <laughs> initial go-to, if I'm being honest, was a similar vein. So I intentionally tried to mentally frame myself that I was going to take the other side of this argument in the show to to have some fun with it. But in getting to think about it a little bit, I think being able to verify scarcity, ownership, interoperability of, of a quote-unquote digital asset for whatever that is, could potentially actually be useful in many applications. And people have been saying everything's going online forever with no real indication of what that means. And this could be a small piece of that, I'm, I'm guessing, much larger pie. But it, it is interesting to me. And another aspect that I hadn't fully appreciated, uh, and this is not mine, it's Matt Levine pointed it out. NFTs, in a way, especially if you take the art market aspect of them, is really patronage and provenance of the art market in a digital world. A lot of why millionaires buy paintings is to put them in MoMA so they get the little plaque so they can show other millionaires that they donated something to MoMA. This allows you yep. to do that in an unlimited fashion on the blockchain. So I think a lot of it is people that made a lot of money on the blockchain signaling that to other people on the blockchain, which is a, a, certainly an echo chamber. So is the art market and a billion dollar 
market. Well, that I think is a part of the thing. There is a whole aspect to this discussion um, which leads you down a path of saying, what is art, really? And um, looking at, say, the New York art market, which is the most faddish, backstabby thing in the history of the universe, and saying, but this thing <laughs> ought not to exist. And the idea that you can have an unmade bed that someone pays millions of dollars for is, or you can throw paint at a canvas and someone paint is ridiculous. And is a yet, Campbell maybe soup can is, worth tens of millions of dollars? Right. Yeah. Maybe. maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. This is a big discussion. We don't want to get into it because no one has managed to resolve that particular discussion. But I think, I mean, in the end, if you look at it, a, a picture of Mickey Mantle on a piece of cardboard with some fake stats on there is also worth millions of dollars because people have its scarcity and provenance. And I think NFTs do get you that in a digital world. Whether, in the end, will there be willingness to pay to have a broad, durable, cultural grounding, which is why art is valuable, which is why sports collectibles are available. Will that translate to NFT? I I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I find disappointing about this whole thing is that we are so culturally impoverished as a planet <laughs> that we finally managed to get rid of the idea of scarcity and the idea that you uh, someone has one thing means that someone else can't it. have it and all and the only way we know to make things valuable is just to artificially recreate it for no reason for sure it's really depressing and I, I think if we're being honest part of why this is happening right now is the pandemic it's a lot of people are getting stimulus checks are stuck at home reaching the end of the capacity of sitting in the same rooms, looking at the same screens and are, are spending money on things they definitely wouldn't if they could go to the pub. I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure I'd say it's because of the pandemic. I think part of the reason why this is happening is that, and this happens over and over again, right? In tech is people are just poking the edges of their understanding. And then it's, it's a big experiment, right? It is. And you look at Kings of Leon, I, they're not just selling their album on there. They're including three different types of their album, one which gets you rights to go to a concert, one that gets you other things. Right. So the fact that it does give you that scarcity ownership component can allow bands to do things that they really couldn't do any other way feasibly, which, right. which could be interesting, like I said. I, I think the thing is, to me, it's less of a conversation about what is art, and it's more of a question of what is value. And the tricky thing about value, because in my mind, art is, it can be anything, right? I can, I can take this water cup that I'm drinking out of right now and call that art. And not the fact that it's that cup, it's the fact that I just drank out of it. And people will affix all kinds of understanding and, and differing levels of value. And you can never say that something isn't art because what's not art to one person is art to somebody else. I think you can make the same argument towards value. Like I personally would not spend $2,000, for example, on a baseball card. Because to me, it offers me no value whatsoever. But there'll be people who will pay 10 times that for the same baseball card. And I think what's interesting to me is that where I find it particularly interesting is two pieces. One is, what does value mean in a digital setting? Because the concept of a unique digital item historically has never existed, right? Like things can intrinsically be copied. Like that's part of the value of digital material. A, a, a couple of people have tried to do something like this in the past. William Gibson did a um, a novel or a poem or something like that, which you got it on. It wasn't a single only item. You know, more than one person could buy this, but it was on a floppy yeah. disk, and then the floppy disk ate itself, 
once you viewed it once. And and the idea right. was exactly to create this. I think it might have encrypted itself. You had to view it through, you know, the program that was on the disc or whatever. But the idea was essentially to create digital scarcity as a form of art in right. itself. The whole point of this yeah. was you got this. And if you look at, um, say, the Banksy example, um, what happened was someone took a real Banksy artwork and destroyed it at the same time as they created the NFT version. So at that point, you were taking offline scarcity and replicating it with digital scarcity. Yep. The thing, the thing, the thing that to me is, and I'm obviously by no means an expert here but scarcity in itself is not valuable right um i think it reduces mm. the, the scarcity is a do you truly believe this i i do so do you think the picture of mickey mantle is worth 5.2 million dollars or is this the fact that the only psa 9 graded mantle rookie card went for 5.2 million dollars I think scarcity is a contributing factor to it being valuable, but the reason why it's valuable is not just because it's scarce. Question. I think the reason you. why it's scarce is be. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I think the reason why it's. I think the reason why it's valuable is pe- because people fundamentally want that thing. The fact that there's only one of them is is an extra driver I, that makes people want that thing. I disagree with you, and here is how I shall prove that to you. I think, right? Uh, what's your the guitar that you own, which is your favorite? What make is it? Uh, music Man. Right. Only Ball Music Man. Okay. Uh, who's the most famous player of that guitar? It is, in fact, a John Petrucci signature model. Right. <laughs> John Petrucci. Um, if you owned... If John Petrucci came out to the house and gave you his actual guitar, not his signature model guitar, which has got his signature laminated onto it, but his actual one, would you would you say, well, that's just the same as mine? Why do I care? Well, so here's the thing. For me, I wouldn't give a shit. For a dream theater fan, they would give a shit because John Petrucci is a big deal to them. The reason why I have that guitar is not because of John Petrucci. I couldn't care less. But to someone who's a huge fan, to your point, they would care deeply about okay, it. Or, uh, okay, I'm dying bag dowels then, or, you know, yeah, or whoever Adrian, Adrian Smith, or whoever, yeah, you know, choose your choose your. But it doesn't make the guitar. It, my, my point is, is that scarcity is. It's a psychological function that makes people want things more. Agreed. We'd all agree on that. What I think is interesting about this is the kind of people who are going to spend a million dollars or $69 million on something, they're only going to do that if it's going to be be an asset that they can sell at a profit later on. I think there are very few people in the world who will spend millions of dollars, for example, on art, because genuinely they couldn't care less whether – has any increase in 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 value they just literally want the art i think when you're talking about high ticket items such as that it's different like you know i'll go and buy a bluetooth speaker for 50 dollars. i'm not buying it because i want to sell it later on for 60 dollars. right for those big ticket items i think people see it as a way of diversifying their investments so they've got some art they've got some real estate they've got some stocks whatever else i mean the psychology of the riche nouveau is like a whole episode really (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just a bit i don't know what that is so i, I but i agree with you <laughs> but I, i'm just curious like what does the resale piece mean for this because part of the reason why people buy buy art is i think is they're like first of all i love art i can support the artist if they're still alive and i'm buying an asset that is an inv- that, that I, where i can diversify my investments so it, it hits multiple elements well um, in that case um 
if someone is viewing this purely as an investment and, and nothing else, the fact that it happens to be artwork is irrelevant. They'd have gone and spent $65 million on something. Uh, NFTs looked to them like a good investment. If NFTs had never existed, then they might have bought gold or wheat futures or whatever the hell, right? And that's um, fine. But people like that, I don't think are really relevant to the conversation about whether NFTs should exist in the first place, are they? I mean, they seem to be a pretty dominant group group of people. I mean, and to be clear, they're they're not new. They're going on about five years old. I think the, the it began to pick up in last year during the pandemic for sure. I think looking at the numbers, two hundred and twenty-two thousand yeah. of them changed hands last year for a net worth, uh, net sales. Sorry, not net worth of two hundred fifty million dollars. That was roughly the quadruple the value in nineteen. Though that means in nineteen, sixty thousand NFTs changed hands. Yeah. I, 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 and this and this is why um uh coin wallets have the collectibles section yep um it's not they invented it all in the last week or anything um but i mean from my point of view uh, having spent uh, a week now looking at this there's a whole section of people who are involved in this um which feels annoying because it's famous people get paid an absurd amount of money for doing something which seems ordinary. Right? Um, you say, um, why are you getting this? It, why are you getting paid a lot of money for this? It's basically because you're famous, not because people want the art or whatever. And there are people doing exactly the same thing as you who are not getting huge amounts of money for this. But that's just a complaint about art and fame. It's not about NFTs. Yes. Um, um, yeah. It's and there's a, a broader conversation. It, it's a big. What do you define as fame? Yeah, right. I mean, we can't. Yeah. We can't. We longer, can't get into that because yeah. uh, until they make me emperor, I can't fix that. So okay, but, I, I like the optimism of until. <laughs> don't, um, don't even judge. Don't even joke about that. Okay, just carry on. There, there is a then a second category, and I think where a lot of the pushback on NFTs is coming from is because. An awful lot of the people involved seem to be doing it as a scam. They're making NFTs out of other people's work. Um, or it feels like... Again, I think your complaint is about the art market in general, though. Just like there's a bunch of people making <laughs> fake everything. Fake coins, fake paintings, no, counterfeits no, 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 everywhere. I, I, I disagree. Because a counterfeit thing is by definition... Is by definition counterfeit if they're selling it as the real thing then that's different but as far as i'm told the nft thing is not people saying um the person who created this piece of art gave me permission to do this and i have the right to do it which is what a faker would do they're just going it doesn't matter what you're buying is an nft which is separate from the thing itself that they created and a lot of people quite jarred off about that someone making an nft of one of your tweets but it's not your nft it's theirs because they made it and that seems to be a whole new type of scam which didn't exist before <laughs> and a lot of what seems to be bringing nfts to people's attention beyond these 69 million dollars for, for one newspaper articles is this that some web comic artist they've heard of is saying hey someone made an nft out of one of my comics without permission and got paid 800 dollars for it so in theory, there is a third category of, hey, there's a potentially a useful 
new revenue stream here for artists. Even, you know, assuming we step past the idea that creating scarcity is ridiculous. Yeah, we haven't come up with another way for people to get paid for stuff. So there is potentially another stream, but I don't know how much there actually is once you take out people who can do this because they're famous and people who are doing this because it's a scam. How much is left? I guess on the scam part, I'm still confused too. If if someone sells an XKCD as original, I would have thought the recourse was Randall Monroe sues for copyright infringement because he has the copyright on XKCD. What? Why? As far as I can tell, they're not saying you own the item itself. Is you own an NFT of it? You don't have to own the thing itself. I, I'm guessing fair use law will have to change to take this into consideration, which I, I don't this know. This is what I mean about it being... But surely, but hang on, hang on, using the Randall Monroe as an example, imagine Randall Monroe sells an NFT of a unique comic strip that he's put together, right? Yep. That's legit, and I think we'd all agree that that's legit. Then yeah. Some shady bastard, we'll call him Chris Proctor for the sake of argument, goes oh, no, and... We won't call him Chris Proctor. <laughs> <laughs> the nicest dude ever. Um, so someone goes and takes a copy, a screenshot of that and then sells that as an NFT. Surely the only people who are going to buy that is if they... Surely the fact that it will be from Matt Randall Monroe is why they will buy it. Isn't right. this a market thing? Wouldn't people not buy it? Like, I wouldn't buy a fake Gucci watch, right? I won't buy a Gucci watch. That's a bad well, example. Well, 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 <laughs> well here, here, is, here is a question. Because counterfeit is more complicated than you think it is, right? Uh, or it's more complicated than I thought it was anyway. If you buy a pair of counterfeit Gucci jeans, since you picked Gucci as an example, um, and they were made by someone attempting to copy Gucci jeans, then, yeah, those are obviously bogus. A counterfeit, we'd all agree on that. Mm-hmm. But yes. if you walk into the Gucci sweatshop factory, wherever it is, <laughs> and, ta- and take a pair of jeans <laughs> off of the line, and then walk to your market stall and sell it, it's still counterfeit. Well, and that, that's just straight-up theft. It's not counterfeit. If you're talking about the this and this happens quite a bit in many of these factories after hours workers sneak back in and do an extra run and take those those are authentic in that they were produced at the Gucci factory but fake in that they were not authorized by Gucci and therefore right. are not counterfeit they're stolen I don't agree We have laws that cover that it's called theft uh, How is in what way is it theft because you stole someone's jeans. <laughs> what 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 have you stolen? The jeans. <laughs> I, I, imagine that I paid. For, imagine that I paid for the cop. Genuinely confused at your confusion. No, no. Imagine this that, is amazing. I, I, Keep going. Imagine, Keep going. Imagine that I'd paid for the cotton. So I'm. So I haven't stolen the value of the materials from Gucci, right? And I and I haven't done that work instead of work I was meant to do for them. I'm doing it after hours. It cost them nothing to do. So this. is your argument if you broke into a Predamange? And and brought your own bread and all the trimmings and made a, <laughs> made sandwich, a sandwich, but used their knives. Is it, it would okay breaking and entering then? If you want to make if you want to make the pitch that it's stealing, then what you're stealing from them is something intangible. You're not stealing the also actu- trespassing. You're not stealing the actual thing, right? You're because definitely breaking multiple what, laws. What 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 you're stealing from them is. The Gucci kind of 
mindset, the imprimatur of the fact that they created it officially. That's why they could charge four hundred dollars rather than four dollars. This is this is one of the most insane conversations I've ever been in. So even for bad voltage, little odd. So so Gucci spend their money on the on the on the on the fabric. They hire their staff uh, for peanuts, obviously. Um, and they make these jeans and stamp their logo on them. And they sit inside of the Gucci factory. Then somebody who works for the Gucci company, who was paid a salary, goes and nicks a bunch of pairs of those jeans and sells them down the market that night. That is theft. I can't think of a scenario where somebody would create, would 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 spend money on the materials that would be made at the factory, and then not have a financial investment or some outcome of that. Like if they're going to buy the fabric, then they would take a cut of the profits of some variety. I can't see how this maps to... No, I... What I'm trying to get across is the sense that you've got things which are exactly the same as Gucci jeans. Like there's no objective difference between them. They're made in the same factory from the same materials, but one of them is worth, has a value, to use your word, Jono, of... $400, $400, whatever pair of Gucci jeans costs. And the other one is not worth that, but there's no actual difference. There is an actual them. difference. One is sold by the company willing to back them up. If you buy the ones that were created off hours and something happens and there's uh, something wrong with them, you can't return them. Get out of town. The and reasons you didn't get the them re- in the... Like, the- they were made on stolen time by somebody trespassing. Multiple laws were broken in that chain in a way that is so clear... And would have been clear for hundreds of years that this conversation <laughs> snuck into an NFT conversation is... <laughs> to, 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 me, to me, they're the same thing. In no way, if you go and spend £2,000 on a suit, is the thing you're buying aftermarket service if it, if it turns out to be faulty. No, but hang on, hang on. <laughs> let's, let's, walk, let's, let's walk the Gucci example through. So imagine, so you've two scenarios, right? One is Gucci make the jeans, they sell them through the normal channels, right? Yep. Another conceivable situation is that an employee at Gucci, um, out of hours, makes their own pair of Gucci jeans, right? Um, so they're not part of the they're not part of the expected output of Gucci. They're not nicking an existing pair of yeah. Gucci jeans. I think this is what you're alluding to, right? Yeah. Is that they make their own jeans. They use their materials, their machines. They make those jeans. And then their materials, which will be different than the actual materials. No, no, no. They're, right. they're using the materials that are in the factory, yes. They're in the factory. So basically, the only difference is that they're making a set of, of jeans outside of the normal production yeah. flow, and then they go and sell them. That is just a different type of theft. Right, It's yes. theft with a lot of manual yeah, labor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I will buy that, but the point is that what they're stealing is not the materials. What they're stealing is an intangible thing about the Gucci brand. And to me, that's why NFTs are interesting. It seems like your actual argument is you don't understand why Gucci jeans are $800 when a pair of jeans of similar provenance and similar materials are $8. And that comes back to branding and the what is value, and that's uh, right. But, well, that was the point. That was what I was trying to give it as an example of what John said about why value is the key thing here. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah, you you can go and buy. You can conceivably make two different items with the same materials and different logos, um, and sell them for radically different prices. 
And sure. I don't think there's anything intrinsically wrong with that because no. people buy brands. Yes. Yeah. Right? The reason why people buy Gucci is not be- I, I, th- I think it would be flippant to say that people don't buy Gucci because of the quality of the material of, 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 the, of the products. Because if they were shitty quality, people would stop buying Gucci. Right? People Agreed. are not that stupid. Yeah. But I think a big chunk of it, right, is the brand and the image and all yes, the rest of, of it. Yep. And it's the bag that it comes into. And it is. Like, you can send them back and get them replaced if, they, if, they, if they're not good. But to me, the, the real question is, going back to the baseball card example, like, I think this is a bit of going to be a bit of a flash in the pan, potentially. Because if you go and buy something digital that's unique, and let's say you are fairly wealthy so you're buying it as an investment because the only people who are really diversifying their assets right are people who are financially able to do so right poor people are not thinking about diversifying (laughs) across different income strains that's uh, yeah you know different income types and all the rest of it but to me like if you go and buy a baseball card and you spend a lot of money on that it's unique and it's an investment so you can sell it 10 years from now if you want to Mm-hmm. You have the enjoyment of looking at the baseball card. It's probably going to be in a little glass case in your lobby or whatever. Um, you've got the investment. Um, it is unique. The problem I have with the digital thing is I don't think, unless it's going to be like music or video or something along those lines, I don't think people are going to – it's just not going to be – I don't think it's going to add the pleasure element. Like I could go and buy a digital thing that is – I'm reading a book right now by Dan Brown, which is about like – where somebody creates a, an unbreakable encryption. Um, digital Fortress. Uh, digital Fortress, That's right? the worst and then, book, dude. Seriously. <laughs> don't waste your time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's all right. It's serving its purpose. But, you know, and the whole idea is that this passkey is what the whole book is about, right? It's getting hold of the, the, the master encryption key, which is basically an NFT, if you think about it. Yeah. Right? Um. But that thing, I don't, the thing I don't understand is what is the relationship to the digital value? And I think people have struggled with that over the years because people don't consider digital things to be as valuable, right? It's one of the reasons why for years people- I think as the world moves to more and more digital, that could change. I'm not saying it will change, and I'm definitely not saying these will catch on, but I think this is a seed that could change that. That's a really interesting question. Do we think that it will- Realistically- one of two things will happen. Either people will change to consider digital things to be valuable, and maybe things like NFTs or as valuable as a physical thing. Um, and right. what NFTs are doing is an attempt to import the physical model into digital because you don't know a better way of doing it. Or a huge amount of kind of conceptual money just disappears out of the universe because we move to digital and now things are just worthless. <laughs> mm. you know and, and, and is, that, is that deflation I don't really, I'm not sure there's a concept for the idea so that this, things this might be th- one of the most bad voltage discussions we've ever had <laughs> it is yeah <laughs> things just stop being valuable um, well I mean look at what happened with music right like when in the earlier earlier days of, of digital music right when when Napster everybody was ripping mp3s music had no value um and now it's roaring I don't know many from a market perspective uh, yeah uh, but a lot of what people are paying for there is uh convenience right? exactly. uh, the, 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 yeah. the, the record companies didn't have to 
and video is exactly the same. They don't have to make it impossible for someone to download a hooky copy of a song or a film or whatever. You just got to make it annoying enough that paying Netflix $7 a month is easier than going through a million different torrent sites. Going back and talking to someone with a Victrola and telling them, no, the future is you'll just be able to stream things. It'll just happen. You won't touch anything. There won't be any records. Won't happen. They would be just as suspicious as you are of NFTs right now, and yet, here we are. Now, the problem with that is that you're cranking the sausage machine backwards. (laughs) Yes, everything everything that works looks like a stupid idea at the beginning, but it is utterly not coached to go, this looks stupid, therefore it will probably work, which is what what you're doing, and it's not allowed. (laughs) Admittedly, being a little little facetious. (laughs) I mean, I, like I said, I think it's interesting that it's not just scammers because the LeBron James example with Top Shots is the NBA selling it. It's not some yeah. random outfit selling it, which yeah. adds a, a little bit of, of potential credence. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's – um, you know how if you get into a conversation with a Bitcoin person, it stops being about – um you know, whether you should trade this and start speaking about the philosophy of money and how fiat currency is the tool of the man and all this kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And so there's a whole lot of, um, in order to truly understand Bitcoin, you must overturn your outdated notions of what the economy is in order to join us fully. And NFTs feel a bit like that. There's a whole bunch of, you need to reconceptualize what it is you think of as art, bundled into the idea of buying a picture of someone's tweet for money. I think that's what's a little funny about <laughs> NFT is the whole, the blockchain is way different. Conceptually, you have to really, it's, it's so much different. And then they're just recreating existing markets in the exact same ways that they exist. So what do we think from a technical perspective? I know we had a couple of things on this list. The energy consumption of these systems is a little bit bonkers. So just Bitcoin alone, which I know has nothing to do with NFTs, but when people think blockchains, they think Bitcoin, uses as much energy as Argentina. Yeah. Ethereum uses, and this does have something to do with NFTs, because NFTs are increasingly a big part of Ethereum traffic. Uh, the, the energy consumption there is currently as large as Ecuador. Um, buying a single... Uh, well, sorry, I'll rephrase, because I'm I'm not sure, and I lost the damn link and couldn't find it again. Um, either buying or minting an NFT currently uses approximately as much energy as four days worth of energy consumption from someone in the eu at 62 bucks that's weeks of energy consumption in the u.s <laughs> um I, I don't know i don't know how much of the um the 62 dollars that you spent is paying for the energy to do this or whether that's additional on top of the 62 dollars you spent on that because it's in someone's pocket or what i don't really no, understand it's in someone's pocket yeah it's right. in someone's yeah. pocket yeah so that I think is part of the thing. The the energy consumption I've seen people talking about um eco friendly NFTs and um using chains which generate their thing from renewable energy and so on. So they keep saying Ethereum is going to move from proof of work to proof of stake, which would yeah. change the energy dynamics. It would co- it would have other issues with it. Yes. But it it uh would decrease substantially the amount of power used. 
to me, part of the thing here, I saw a suggestion from Andrew Plotkin, which I thought was interesting, uh, about a suggestion for, it was for DC Comics, but it could be for anybody, right? Where he said, they should just throw together a webpage where you can buy a JPEG of a particular comic panel for money, just all, you know, not stupid internet beans money, just dollars. And then <laughs> that, and then they have a webpage which they can call a ledger if they want, and they just write, Jeremy Garcia bought this for $70. And then you write NFT at the top of it in big writing, don't do any blockchain <laughs> stuff, and make money. And that, to me, I, I think if you pulled out the blockchaininess of this, then quite a lot of the... Because blockchain stuff sort of feels a bit scammy to regular people anyway, and because there's all the energy consumption stuff, I think if you just yanked that out and went, okay, we're going to artificially create digital scarcity by saying you're the only person who gets their name on this web page, maybe it would have the same effect, and then it doesn't maybe. require um, the energy of Argentina in order for you to buy a JPEG of the Bad Voltage <laughs> logo rather than just downloading it from our website. So on that note, the other thing <laughs> I did not know about NFTs before creating one is they do have the option for an in-perpetuity royalty. <laughs> So on the, on the oh, Bad Voltage NFT that you should definitely place a bid on, to reiterate. And that's where you get a kickback for each sale, right? So Is that right? every time that Bad Voltage uh, logo, which I'm sure it will increase in value exponentially over the years, 10% <laughs> always gets kicked back to the creator. Forever. Okay. Which is interesting. <laughs> I, I don't know what I think about that. Another mental maze for us to walk through. <laughs> I, 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 well, I mean, I think um, part of the issue here is that anyone who's actually involved with creating this sort of thing, so the people who thought up the idea of non-fungible tokens 10 years ago and then spent five years implementing it and then they started to get popular, has already been through all the stuff that we're thinking about nine and a half years ago. So then they started thinking, hey, here's a cool idea. What if we invent new given this new structure of how things are bought and sold and what you're buying and selling we can invent all kinds of new business models like the idea that you get 10 percent of every sale in perpetuity which you just flat out can't do in the real world right but to them this doesn't seem like some kind of radical shake-up of the entire economy because they went through all this thought process in 2011 so it's all. So they keep bundling new stuff in, and then it all lands on you. In I didn't even know about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so it so all lands on you in one go. It's like, okay, what you want to do is buy some sort of intangible value thing around a picture, or maybe you're buying an actual album of someone, but then there's nothing stopping someone else copying it or whatever. But also, you're doing it a new way. And also, there's loads of energy consumption costs to it. And also, and it's just, there's about 17 different ways where this is not like walk into an art gallery, buy a picture, and take it home with you. A lot to unpack there while you're deciding how much to bid on this Bad Voltage logo. Yeah, there is. <laughs> um, so, off you go to rebel.com slash Bad Voltage, which I will put in the show notes. <laughs> go now. Those of you those of you sitting there listening, go now. And buy it. Um, question for you, This is you, where Jer we find out if Satoshi's a listener. <laughs> question for you, Jeremy. Um, yes. If someone buys it, is it still available for other people to buy at the same URL? Or is it now theirs and they can take it away and put it up somewhere else? So, no, they can put uh, it in their wallet and then place it anywhere that supports uh, collectibles. Right, uh, right. So, if you go to variable.com slash badvoltage and it's not there, it's because someone's already bought it instead of you. 
Correct. Right, okay. So you've got to get in quick, people, because apparently the Bad Voltage logo is now so scarce, there's only one of them, and you have to buy it. <laughs> so if you click on the details on the right-hand side there, it'll say owner Bad Voltage, which is just what I created, what I named my account, and creator Bad Voltage. If someone were to buy it on the owners tab, both people would be listed, and the owner would say the new owner, but the creator will always be Bad Voltage. Right, but will it... But will it stay listed on this page forever because it's visible in the blockchain? Who owns it? No, because that URL is the page for my account. Right. But I'm just currently selling one thing. That rarible.com slash token slash the hash for the... the, That will stay the same. Right. So should I link to that rather than... Oh, no, I suppose we want to link to the Bad Voltage one because, you know, I mean, maybe we'll sell other non-fungible tokens. I could start tons of these, yes. (laughs) Okay, maybe not. Um, yeah, so uh, I, 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 I just, the whole thing I find just so incredibly confusing. Like it really does. It just it both confuses me and angers me at the same time that this exists. <laughs> you know, and I and I get it. Like I've I've got no issue. Like if you want to sell something and and somebody wants to buy it, then knock yourself out. Like no, pro- don't physically knock yourself out, but well, maybe. Uh, but um, I, what I what I'm curious is outside of this like little social experiment that we're seeing right now. I'm curious to see whether this actually sticks. I know it's been around for a while, but like, do we think that this is going to become? something that consumers are going to be able to use. Like right now, if you're interested in cryptocurrencies, if you're interested in the blockchain, uh, and if you're technically sophisticated enough to kind of figure it out, then it's, if you're listening to this show, it's interesting to you, but this isn't going to be interesting or even people aren't going to be aware of this for the general public. Do we think it will get to that point? What do you guys think? Uh, I don't think the general public go into art galleries and buy art either. What I think is interesting is not whether it's interesting to people who listen to this show who are interested in it from a technical perspective. You know, we're not interested in the technology. We're interested in it because it is technology, if that makes sense. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But whether yeah. it's interesting, whether people who would go and purchase art because they like art will see purchasing an NFT of something as being worthwhile doing. Are they interested in owning the scarce? Well, it's not. it's less about the art. It's more about... There's a lot of people out there who will purchase unique one-off items, right? Mm-hmm. It can be music memorabilia. I mean, people buy props from that were in movies, right? Um, and that's a one-off, usually. Or they'll buy numbered things. They'll buy a numbered bottle of gin or whatever. Yeah, or uh, here is a nice example to think Terence Eden mentioned, which is autographs, celebrity autographs. Yeah. Which feel very NFT-ish to me in the physical world. Right. But but but, but the, arguably the reason why and again I don't collect autographs I find that bizarre as well. <laughs> um, but I've had things signed when I've gone to gigs when I was a kid. Um, uh, but like, it's the act of somebody writing it on a piece of paper is what makes it unique. It's the moment. Like I've got a 
a, a thing signed with Rob Halford from Judas Priest. It's because I met him that night and he signed something. It's the memory. It's it's the triggering of the memory that I find interesting. That is exactly Terence Eden's point, that the signatures, the autographs that he's got are because he was there and got Derek Jacobi to sign a thing to his then fiance right. now wife. And but so there's on. a whole market for autographs. So there that's... totally is. What, what I don't know is, and I actually don't know this, and it's hard to find out, um, Yes, there is a whole market for celebrity autographs. If um, Derek Jacobi is having dinner in a restaurant and you steal the receipt that he signed to pay for it, is that worth something as an autograph? I I just didn't know that you were Stuart Langridge closet criminal this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) But what if somebody else sets up a restaurant and has their own receipt printing machine. Shut up! And then, <laughs> and then they fake they uh, no, they get Jer- Derek this, Jacobi this, to sign this, that one. This, as well. this is the question: Is is a celebrity autograph only interesting because it was signed as an autograph to a fan? I mean, plenty of people will buy books which have been signed by the author, and the author didn't sit down and personally credit you. They signed 40,000 of them. I am positive you can find a restaurant receipt or something goofy with a signature on it for sale somewhere in a way that was not intended. Yeah. I'll give you an example that I think is relevant to this. Um, when I was at XPRIZE and we ran the uh, Global Learning XPRIZE, we did this um, crowdfunding campaign to raise money for it. Uh, one of the giveaways in the uh, campaign was signed copies of Abundance by Peter Diamandis, right? Yeah. And people who are not listening, who haven't don't know anything about Peter Diamandis might not know this, these two idiots do that um he has a crazy fan base like people love this guy um so the idea of a signed copy of the book was kind of a big deal i didn't know at the time that what he meant by that was what are called book plates where he signs a bunch of stickers and they get stuck and then the the sticker is placed into the book yeah and i heard not in any great degree but a lot of people who i talked to afterwards were quite disappointed by that Hmm. it was they they because they i think they felt well, what he didn't sign my book. What he did is he signed a whole load of stickers, and then one happened to get affixed to my book. But what's right. interesting about that is, if he'd signed the book, it's not like he'd have sat down and gone, okay, here's a book for this individual person. He'd have had a stack of 2,000 books and just gone through and signed yeah. them all, and it would have been way less convenient right. than signing book plates, which is why people do book plates. Right. So there's, there's like three levels, isn't there? But there really like, does feel like there's a difference between those two things, even though there fundamentally yeah. isn't. And that's like, why? I mean, I, I, I personally, if somebody signed a book for me, and again, I'm not really the target audience. I don't care if my book's signed by an author. But if it was someone who I really wanted to meet, like Bruce Dickinson from My Maiden, if I got a signature from him and it was a sticker on his book, that wouldn't feel as good to me. Hmm. Right. I don't know why. Can't explain this, it. This is why there's but one unsigned copy of Art of Community. <laughs> <laughs> and interesting whenever i sign books i write the name of the person in it because i think it's more valuable i think to them. i think some of that is because you're john o'bacon and not for example neil gaiman if you do a signing 12 people show up rather than half a million people so. that is that is absolutely not true oh, sorry, I, once is it 11 had, people? I once had 15 people show up um <laughs> but yeah i mean that, that's where the whole thing kind of gets interesting to me is so, would what, so are you considering would, in any way creating an nft let's say for your next album hi Ugh. yeah given this discussion that we've had 
Yeah, do an NFT of the art of the community. Because that's really interesting. Or a book. Because, sure. But, but the, the beauty of the art of community is that you wouldn't be... The, the, the artificial scarcity there is purely that you've got the NFT copy. Because you could have got mm. just the book itself. You just go and download it. Right. It's Creative Commons, right? But are yep. people paid? And then you could give the money to charity or something. Pick a, uh, you know, I, I know the open rights group or think, something. <laughs> I was thinking something similar. What would be really cool is, uh, and there's a separate conversation here, but what would be really cool, I think, is to, for me to go and create an N- NFT of something, right? And then just as an experiment, and I would want the money to go to charity. Um, and I'd want the royalties to go to charity as well. And I'd be curious if there's anyone doing that because where where there's a related discussion is when I started doing my new music project, Baron Carter, I wanted any of the sales because you put up on Amazon, whatever else. I don't particularly care about that. I want the money to go to charity. There's no mm. easy way to say I'm creating something I think is of value to some people and I want a charity to get all of the sales beyond the operating costs of like... Oh, but you know, I'm assuming the NFT would be exactly the same, right? The the reason it's hard is because funneling money around to other people hands-off is, so. is difficult. I mean, so yeah. there, you're not really using NFT because it's NFT. You're just using it as an alternative to Gumtree. I don't, I don't know what Gumtree is, but yeah. Amazon. Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I bet the Gumtree folks are thrilled to hear that comparison. <laughs> A slightly different vibe, <laughs> slightly different vibe of products, y'all. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, you know, I, th- yeah. I, I think that would be a really interesting thing to consider doing. I mean, to be clear, if someone spends sixty nine million dollars on the Bad Voltage um, logo um, at verbal.com slash Bad Voltage, we're going to Tahiti. Charity's getting none of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gone, dude. Boosh off. <laughs> Someone's going to yeah. try and work out where bidding Space Raiders on it now. You watch. I almost put a Space Raiders <laughs> reference in the description, I'll be honest. <laughs> a 30-year-old box of Space Raiders. So, uh, we haven't talked about Space Raiders for a while. No. So, so, I mean, so brief summary. What's your one-sentence summary of NFTs? I mean, I, I think I already summed it up. The, the ability to verify scarcity ownership is intriguing, whether there will be a willingness in the long term to create that durable cultural grounding that will be necessary for these to have value long-term is a coin flip at best, but it was an an interesting exercise and uh, curious to see where it goes. More curious to see where it goes now than I was a week ago before having gone through this Uh, exercise. A Bitcoin flip at best. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's like flipping a Bitcoin. I also think it's interesting. I think our relationship with value changes, but there's fundamental things that don't change. And I am skeptical at best whether this would be on this thought experiment grow. You're um, more of a Deutsch clone flip. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Um, this, is, this is true. So, yeah. Uh, I, so I, what do you think, Mr. Language? I think it's like used car sales. Is it possible to go to a used car salesman's lot and buy a really good quality car um, for a cheap price and honestly find out what's going on? Yeah. Is it quite difficult to find that? And can you negotiate a way to find that without knowing a lot about the market? No, you can't. And to me, this feels the same way. It's like, is there the nugget of a good idea here? Yes. But here be dragons for anyone who's not heavily involved. It's much like the GameStop thing and a bunch of other stuff. Right. If this looks like it's easy. If you think you're going to make a bunch of money out of it, you're probably not. Last second Diamond Hands reference in there. I like it. 
Wicked. Well, more importantly, what do our community think? Go to the old Slack channel or come and tell us. Forum yeah, if it's, I, I, if it's Bed Voltage um, community has any of our listeners created and successfully sold or acquired an NFT. Obviously, the number of people um, who have uh, successfully acquired an NFT will go up by one um, immediately after this show, or possibly even during this show. You know, they're, they're, they're all anyone going, buys that. They're all going to look now. Um, and seeing that it's not sold as they're listening to this. Are you, a, I mean, Jeremy, presumably a bid comes in and then you sell it as normal. So you can say no, right? So you could put a hard price on it. So one Ethereum. Or you can say just open the bidding and I'll accept whenever I want. But you I get to ladder. accept. Someone can't come in and bid 10 to the minus 40 Ethereums and then they get it or whatever. <laughs> no, no, no. This is an open ended one. Yes. Right. Okay, cool. I mean, so, if someone, got- someone wants to give me one Ethereum, I am in. <laughs> oh. I bet. So, yes, go to um, go, uh, go to our Slack channel and tell us how you found it. Awesome. All right, enough of this NFT bollocks. See you later, everyone. Yeah.